the podcast for St. Joseph and Elkhart counties that reads like an audio newspaper. This is SME Community Radio Newscast powered by Anchor.fm. Good morning, SME Community Radio, St. Joseph and Elkhart counties daily morning podcast that's like an audio newspaper how are you doing out there it is hump day it is a hot day coming up today and weather is our top story and we are definitely concerned about the folks in minnesota as well as wisconsin and we will be bringing that to you here real shortly we have a new show that we are launching this week Michiana Speak Out. What is it? It is an afternoon news podcast and community vocal discussion. Yes, I said vocal discussion. All you have to do is send us a voice message, one minute or maybe two minutes long, talking about your thoughts on any topic. We'll have an announcement at the top of our Facebook page and take a look at that. And then send us a message, a voice message. Just click on the message and send us an audio comment on any topic out there that we've picked or anything that's on your heart and mind. And maybe it might just be a community announcement. So that show happens just after 4 o'clock, but we need your voicemails in to us by 3.30 every afternoon. Well, as I said, we have a risk of severe thunderstorms for our area, and I'm going to let our voiceover talk to you about it in great detail. Please pray for the folks up in Minnesota and Wisconsin, and those storms will be affecting us overnight tonight, but not as bad as what's happening to the Northwest. So let's take it away. Hot weather and severe thunderstorms are the top story for today but most likely tonight. For neighbors in Wisconsin. Public severe weather outlook. NWS Storm Prediction Center Norman OK. 0108 AM CVT Wed July 28, 2021. Severe thunderstorms expected over parts of the Upper Mississippi. Valley this afternoon and tonight. Locations. Much of Wisconsin, East Central Minnesota, hazards, widespread damaging winds, some hurricane force, a few tornadoes, isolated large hail up to baseball size. Summary Severe thunderstorms, capable of widespread damaging wind gusts, very large hail, and several tornadoes are forecast across portions of east-central Minnesota and much of Wisconsin late. This afternoon into tonight, isolated strong storms also are possible across parts of the mid-Atlantic and may produce locally damaging wind gusts. Preparedness actions. Review your severe weather safety procedures for the possibility of dangerous weather today. Stay tuned to NOAA Weather Radio weather.gif, or other media for watches and warnings. A watch means that conditions are favorable for severe thunderstorms. Over the next several hours, if a severe thunderstorm warning is issued for your area, move to a place of safety, ideally in an 
interior room on the lowest floor of a sturdy building. For the SME Community Radio by County Area This hazardous weather outlook is for northern Indiana, southwest Michigan and northwest Ohio. Day 1. Today and tonight There is a slight chance of thunderstorms late this afternoon but there Severe weather risk is low. Thunderstorms are likely late tonight. Severe storms capable of damaging winds and heavy rain are possible. Days 2 through 7. Thursday through Tuesday. Additional storms are possible on Thursday. There is a chance for severe storms. Mainly south of Highway 24. Spotter information statement. Spotter activation may be needed late tonight. Now the forecast for Elkhart County. Today. Mostly sunny, with a high near 88. Calm wind becoming west around 5 miles per hour in the afternoon. Tonight. A chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 a.m., low around 71. Southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour chance of precipitation is 80%. New rainfall amounts between a half and three quarters of an inch possible. Thursday. Showers and possibly a thunderstorm, mainly before 2 p.m., then a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m., high near 83. Southwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour chance of precipitation is 80%. New rainfall amounts between a quarter and half of an inch possible. Thursday night. Mostly clear, with a low around 60. North wind 5 to 15 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 20 miles per hour. Friday. Mostly sunny, with a high near 77. North wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Friday night. Partly cloudy, with a low around 57. Saturday. Sunny, with a high near 81. All right, thank you so much for that important weather information. We will bring more this afternoon in the new program after 4 o'clock and get you the latest. And also on Facebook, as well as Billy and Rick will keep you up to date on the latest of severe weather as part of the Skywarm program, so be ready for that. Reminder, our show is at 4 o'clock today, the Michigan Speak Out, so please get your information in to us. And don't forget, on Friday afternoon, just before 3 o'clock, is the Starliner Boeing's crew module, uncrewed test flight, launching at 2.53 Eastern. We'll bring that launch to you live Friday. So let's go ahead and jump into our regular news and community podcasts for today. And I will be back with you this afternoon. So here's the news. News Nation This Hour, I'm James Sears. The world's number one women's gymnast, Simone Biles, announced today she will not defend her gold medal in the individual all-around tomorrow. She's withdrawing to focus on her mental health. Jade Carey will take her spot. Yesterday, Biles withdrew from the team gymnastics final for the same reasons. We should be out here having fun, and sometimes that's not the case. So it's okay sometimes to even sit out the big competitions to focus on yourself because it shows how strong of a competitor and person that you really are rather than just battle through it. 
Biles will continue to be evaluated daily to determine whether or not she can participate in next week's individual event finals. The White House says things seem to be moving in a positive direction on a multi-billion dollar infrastructure upgrade, despite a new dispute over the regulation of broadband access. Senators are bracing for a weekend session to finish the deal. President Biden travels to a truck factory in Pennsylvania today to advocate for government investments and clean energy as ways to strengthen U.S. manufacturing. The governors of California and Nevada plan to tour today, an area blackened by one of two massive wildfires that have destroyed dozens of homes in the West. Nearly 80 wildfires continue to destroy land and homes in a dozen states. Cooler weather and even some rain has helped, but fire officials say hotter, drier weather will return later in the week. More buildings evacuated in South Florida one month after the deadly Surfside condo collapse. News Nation's Brian Enton has more from Miami. When Champlain Towers South collapsed in Surfside, it changed 98 families forever. But it also prompted South Florida leaders to check the structural integrity of other older buildings. So far, eight buildings, many with hundreds of residents, have either had mandatory or voluntary evacuations over the last month. Christina Mora lives at Crestview Towers in North Miami Beach. She rented to the U-Haul after she was told she had just a few hours to get all of her stuff out of her apartment. The iconic animated children's show Arthur is ending after 25 seasons. The show's original developer, Kathy Wogg, announced the news on the Finding DW podcast. The show is based on the Arthur Adventure book series and first hit PBS in 1996. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. The Public News Service Daily Newscast, July the 28th, 2021. I'm Mike Clifford. It was by most accounts a riveting day of testimony as U.S. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, among others, testified Tuesday that he and other black officers faced racial slurs during the January 6th Capitol insurrection. Politico reports Dunn said he experienced a torrent of racial abuse after he exchanged words with rioters who were denigrating Joe Biden, then the president-elect, and the people who voted for him during the 2020 election. Dunn said he was called the N-word, and after he felt prompted to tell the mob that he had voted for Biden. And as COVID cases trend upward again, public health experts are setting the record straight. Minnesota's seven-day average for new COVID cases had dipped below 100 earlier this summer. Now it's nearing 300. Health officials blame the combination of the Delta variant spreading and a slower rate of vaccinations. For some who elected to get the shots, there are instances of infections. But David Dowdy, an epidemiologist at Johns Hopkins University, says the vaccines still work. There are just some key things to remember. Every now and then, that jumpstart is not quite enough to prevent an infection. Almost always, it's going to be enough to prevent you from getting really, really sick. He says no vaccine is perfect. However, the CDC notes fewer than 1% of COVID deaths and hospitalizations have been tied to fully vaccinated individuals. I'm Mike Moen. Meantime, the CDC is recommending that fully vaccinated people begin wearing masks indoors again in places with high COVID transmission rates. An Ohio educator and daughter of migrant farmers is sharing the story of how local organizations have come together to help vaccinate a Northeast Ohio community in the midst of a pandemic. 
Jessica Molina of Perrysburg says she was inspired as a child by the spirit of activism as she watched her parents participate in rallies and protests advocating for the rights of farm workers. Now as the principal of the only bilingual elementary school in Toledo, Escuela Smart Academy, Molina volunteers with the Farm Labor Organizing Committee, or FLOC, on youth programs. Most recently, Molina has helped FLOC with COVID-19 vaccination efforts, even opening the doors of the school to provide more space for their clinic. It was important for them to make sure that their members had front row seats to getting the vaccine, which really they did because FLOC's clinic was up and running just like the major hospitals. So I think it was crucial for them to show their members they had their back. For their contributions to helping migrant farm workers, Molina and her parents recently attended a White House celebration of frontline health care workers and volunteers. Mary Sherman reporting. This is PNS. Pennsylvania's U.S. Senator Bob Casey wants to bring back the Civilian Conservation Corps, a public works program from the 30s that created 3 million jobs nationally, planting trees and creating trails and cabins in national parks. The Revive the CCC Act introduced last week by Casey would focus on jobs to mitigate climate change and address racial justice. Unlike the original CCC, the proposal would also include farms as job host sites. Hannah Smith-Brubaker of PASA Sustainable Agriculture says this on-site support could help farmers deal with flooding and erosion. Having help (laughs) to install some of these conservation practices means a lot because we know that, you know, the margin for farmers is really tight. And so it's sort of a win-win situation. We've got the help on the farms, but then also the ability to, to pass on this important information. I'm Emily Scott. Overdose deaths in the state of Illinois rose by more than a quarter from 2019 to 2020. Medical experts are warning that pills not prescribed by doctors may be counterfeit and could contain deadly levels of fentanyl. According to the CDC, a majority of overdose deaths are from opioids and synthetic opioids, and the increase is being largely driven by incidents involving fentanyl, which is 80 to 100 times more potent than morphine. Dr. Michael Wall with Illinois Poison Control points out that one in four of the fake prescription pills seized and tested by the Drug Enforcement Agency contains potentially fatal amounts of fentanyl. What you buy on the streets or online is highly likely not to be what you think you're buying. And these counterfeit pills, they're actually deadly. I'm Lily Bulky reporting. And finally, our Eric Tegadoff lets us know a Montana campaign is renewing efforts to help identify developmental delays in young children. The CDC's Learn the Signs Act Early program is aimed at parents and people who work with children from birth to age five. As part of that effort, Act Early Montana has launched a website to provide free resources to help folks recognize developmental disabilities. Marcy Hansen, a registered nurse in the Montana Act Early Ambassador, says most developmental delays or disorders aren't identified until kids reach school. What we know is early identification and intervention is really the best for overall health outcomes. So the goal is to get these resources in parents' hands before they hit those early school age years so that we can get them the resources and the tools they need. By the way, the CDC provides a milestone tracker app that can be used for parents and folks who work with young children. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on interesting radio stations, and you can find our trust indicators online at publicnewsservice.org.
Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. Yet another black officer later told me he had been confronted by insurrectionists in the Capitol who told him, put your gun down and we'll show you what kind of nigger you really are. In gripping testimony, U.S. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn recounted how a group of Trump supporters breached the Capitol, attacking law enforcement and yelling racial epithets at him and other black officers. Dunn said the rioters were encouraged by then-President Donald Trump's false claims of election fraud and described the mob as a hitman hired to kill someone. He asked the House Select Committee investigating the event to get to the bottom of the insurrection. Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney was commended by officers for testifying despite backlash from her party for sitting in on the panel. The American people deserve the full and open testimony of every person with knowledge of the planning and preparation for January 6th. Cheney and Congressman Adam Kingsinger were the only two Republicans on the nine-member panel. CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public, indoor settings to help prevent the spread of the Delta variant and protect others. CDC Director Dr. Rochelle Walensky is reversing course and now urging vaccinated people to resume wearing masks indoors and in places with high COVID transmission rates. The updated guidance comes as the Delta variant is expected to continue to surge this fall. Walensky said the CDC also has issued new guidance for parents and teachers. Everyone in K-12 schools wear a mask indoors. The Biden administration may require federal workers to get the coronavirus shots after the VA announced it will require its frontline health care workers to be vaccinated. A man accused of killing eight women, mostly of Asian descent, at Atlanta area massage businesses pleaded guilty to murder Tuesday in four of the killings. 22-year-old Robert Aaron Long was handed four sentences of life without parole. Long still faces the death penalty in the four other killings. And as the world zeroes in on the Tokyo Olympics, one of its superstars, Simone Biles, announced her withdrawal from the women's gymnastics final to do some self-care. I just felt like it would be a little bit better to take a back seat, uh, work on my mindfulness, and I knew that the girls would do an absolutely great job, and I didn't want to risk the team a medal. Biles drew inspiration from Japan's own tennis champion, Naomi Osaka, who talks openly about her own mental struggles. The other members of the U.S. women's team will continue on to the all-around finals on Thursday. I'm Tramel Gomes for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The House held its first day of testimony in the investigation of what happened on January 6th at the nation's capital. Republican leadership expressed their view on the select committee hearing. Are holding that hearing. More from Bernie Bennett. Prior to the hearing, House Republican leadership denounced Speaker Nancy Pelosi's motives for creating this committee. Minority Whip Steve Scalise. What we're here to talk about today is Speaker Pelosi's constant attempt to cover up facts that she doesn't want out there. Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy praised police while criticizing the Democrats. On January 6th, these brave officers were put into a vulnerable and impossible position because of the leadership at the top has failed. Bernie Bennett in Washington. Also at SRNews.com, it's costing more for a new home. Correspondent Ken Lorman. 
crunches the numbers. The price of the average U.S. home surged 17% in May, faster than at any time in nearly 17 years. As the economy continues to generate inflation, a new 20-city survey shows home prices up 26% in Phoenix, 25% in San Diego, and 24% in Seattle, placing home ownership effectively out of reach for many young couples nationwide. Ken Lorman reporting. Consumer confidence relatively unchanged from June to July, but remains at its highest level since February 2020. And that's just before the pandemic hit. The conference board are reporting that its consumer confidence index inched up in July to 129.1. That's up from last month's reading of 128.9. In Tokyo, Japan won its second straight Olympic softball gold medal, beating the United States 2 to nothing. On Wall Street, stocks remain sharply lower. The Dow is down 159 points. The Nasdaq off 206. This is SRN News. A Seattle area church is challenging Washington State's abortion coverage mandate. Cedar Park Assembly of God in Kirkland, Washington, is challenging the constitutionality of a state law that forces places of worship to cover elective abortions in their health insurance plans, despite religious objections. In a recent ruling, a federal appeals court said that a lower court was wrong to dismiss the church's free exercise claim. Alliance Defending Freedom, which is representing the church, says no church should be forced to cover abortions. Greg Clugston. SRN News. A Nazarene church in rural North Dakota is opening an immigration office. It will provide low-cost local services for many in the state who need help with legal immigration. The Southside Church of the Nazarene will be staffed with volunteers who have completed training through the Department of Justice. This is SRN News. A former Iranian and current Olympian for Mongolia pays tribute to Israel at the Summer Olympics in Japan. More from the Media Line's Michael Friedson. The runner-up in the 81-kilogram division of men's judo at the Tokyo Olympics, an Iranian defector who competes for Mongolia, amazed onlookers on Tuesday when he said, this medal is also dedicated to Israel. Two years ago, Saeed Mullahi was pressured by Iranian officials to throw his match in the finals of the 2019 World Championship in order to avoid competing against Israeli Sagimuki. Molai later defected to Mongolia, where he now holds citizenship. The two athletes have since developed a close relationship. Accepting his medal, Molai said, I hope the Israelis are happy with this win, and concluded by saying, Toda Rabah, the Hebrew words for thank you. I'm Michael Friedson, SRN News, Jerusalem. More details at TheMediaLine.org and SRNNews.com. the Black Information Network. This is the BIN Daily Update. I'm Vanessa Tyler. And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. I was stunned by what I saw. Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn never saw anything like it. Violent Trump supporters engaged in hand-to-hand combat with the cops who were trying to protect the Capitol. The House Select Committee into the January 6th riot resulted in riveting testimony from those who were there. Dunn says the rioters used flagpoles, metal bike racks, anything for battle. They sprayed officers with chemical weapons, and they made it clear why they were there. I told them to just leave the Capitol. 
And in response, they yelled, no, man, this is our house. President Trump invited us here. Then Dunn testified it really got ugly and for the African-American cop, racial. When the white mob, many carrying the Confederate flag, added racial hate to their physical assault. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo. No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. We've been warned, and now the masks are back. Not enough Americans got the shot, so now the Delta variant is the cause of rising COVID-19 infections. And that mask you put away, CDC Director Rochelle Walensky recommends you pull it back out again. CDC recommends fully vaccinated people wear masks in public, indoor settings to help prevent the spread of the Delta variant and protect others. Walensky also suggests parents cover their children's faces when the kids head back to school. It's too late for the black man who was killed by a cop, but there is a new bill proposed in Ohio named after Andre Hill. Andre's law would require the unedited release of body-worn video following any use of force complaint within 21 days. It also requires every law enforcement agency to wear body cams and generally not turn them off. Andre Hill was killed last December. He was holding a cell phone. The Columbus police officer who turned his body cam on after the shooting reportedly thought Hill was holding a gun. If getting to the bottom of the bold at-home assassination of Haiti's president wasn't difficult enough, word is those tasked with investigating the shocking death of Jovenel Moise are getting death threats themselves. The investigators say the death threats against their lives began almost immediately. So far, we're learning Moise's body was riddled with bullets. More than two dozen people are reportedly involved in the president's killing and the injuring of his wife. Long-time African rivals hugging it out and shaking hands. Ivory Coast President Alassane Ouattara and his former enemy, Laurent Bagbo, met for the first time in more than a decade. The historic meeting at the presidential palace in Abidjan is a sign both men want change. Things have been tense in the West African country, and a civil war back in 2010 resulted in much bloodshed. The two men even removed their protective masks in a country hit by COVID-19 and smiled for the cameras. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by Jobs Ohio. What do you think about when you think Ohio? Buckeyes, Skyline Chili, strangers in red yelling O-H-I-O at each other? What about Ohio's 0% state corporate income tax? Or that it's ranked the ninth best state for business in the U.S.? If that sounds surprising, visit ohioisforleaders.com to see why Ohio is the perfect place for you and your business. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Just a heads up, what you're about to hear is disturbing. It's a black, mentally ill South Carolina man who is being tased. The jail deputy said they shocked Jamal Sutherland between six and eight times before he died. This is what the victim's dad said after his son's death earlier this year. You don't attack and tase mental health patients because they are not acting rational. 
But now we know the deputies will not be charged. The prosecutor says their criminal intent could not be proven. The death happened when being forcibly removed from a jail cell for a bond hearing, and one of the officers is also accused of kneeling on the victim's back. The prosecutor did say the death was entirely avoidable with better treatment, care, and concern. The deputies were fired. The family of the victim will get a $10 million settlement, but again, that does not bring back their loved one. We now know what will happen to Yogananda Pittman. She was the black interim Capitol Police Chief who took over after the January 6th Capitol riot when her boss was forced out. Pittman was the first black female in that role. She is an HBCU grad, but she did not get the top job permanently. The new chief is J. Thomas Manger, a white law enforcement veteran. The chief has said his 2,300-person force needs more funding, more officers, and better riot gear. But it also needs good people to work high up in the chain of command. And according to the Capitol Police website, Captain Pittman has been promoted to assistant chief with various responsibilities as part of the executive team. It's happening again because of COVID cases spiking around the country. Advent Health Orlando, Florida is postponing or rescheduling elective surgeries to free up bed space. This is the same thing that happened last year during the first bout with coronavirus. Dr. Victor Herrera says the risk of COVID is worse than any side effect of the COVID shot. In their minds, there are sometimes thinking well, what is the risk of the vaccine versus the risk of getting COVID? Clearly, the risk from COVID can be much higher. Dr. Herrera calls this a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Chicago, Illinois Mayor Lori Lightfoot is doubling down on granting one-on-one interviews to journalists of color during the commemoration of her two years in office. The African-American mayor says she did it to push back on the reality that Chicago reporters and around the country are often white, with very little African-American representation. Conservative outlets criticized her decision, but Lightfoot says it was the right one. And check this out. The The grandma of black chocolatier Patrick Glanville taught him to temper chocolate, and he took it from there. Years later, Glanville says he got tired of dealing with racism in the chocolate-making industry, so he started his own company. Three Some Chocolates, the name of the company, is now being sold all over the world. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by Today's Military. You'd likely be in familiar territory if your child came to the kitchen table to talk about their future, but there's one rewarding option that you may know less about, pursuing a path of service in the military. Many parents have big questions that deserve big answers. There's no better destination to find them than todaysmilitary.com. It's full of answers to questions about joining, training, benefits, and careers, as well as stories from service members and their families. Their success tomorrow begins with your support today. To learn more, visit todaysmilitary.com. Your money on the Black Information Network. Gas prices are edging up again. AAA's national survey finds the average price of regular up two-tenths of a cent to $3.15.8 a gallon. That's still six-tenths of a cent below the national average last week. The average price in California, home of the nation's most expensive gas, is steady at $4.33 a gallon. Least expensive Mississippi ticked up one-tenth of a cent to nearly $2.78 a gallon. Walmart employees attending college will get some big financial help starting 
starting next month. That's when the Arkansas-based company will cover 100% of the tuition costs. Books will also be paid for when the program starts August 16th. Meantime, employees will no longer have to pay a $1 per day fee if they're part of the Live Better You education program. An estimated 2,000 New Jersey college students are getting a significant break on their outstanding debt. Bergen Community College announced it will devote $5 million from its federal pandemic relief funds to wipe out past due student tuition bills. College President Eric Friedman says financial concerns frequently pose a critical barrier to getting a degree, with the pandemic only increasing that burden. And by erasing past due tuition, students can continue their degree path without debt hanging over their heads. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network. Hi, I'm Jamie Lee Curtis. I am host of the new podcast, Good Friend on iHeartRadio. On Good Friend, I am talking about friendship, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly. I want to talk about conflict resolution, about making new friends, about keeping friendships alive through very difficult times. Listen and subscribe to Good Friend on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. If you served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects, ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. Loving God, Jesus Christ, and community. Here are special items of interest for you. School starts right around the corner. Goshen, first day is August 9th. Middlebury, Concord, Mishawaka, and South Bend's first day of school is August 11th. Elkhart, first day is August 12th. Here are the new start times for Elkhart Community Schools. Elementary, 7.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Middle school, 8.15 a.m. to 3.20 p.m. High school, 8.35 a.m. to 4 o'clock p.m. Mary Beth and Roosevelt, 8.20 a.m. to 2.50 p.m. Join Elkhart Schools Mergers Facebook page to stay up to date with what's happening around Elkhart Community Schools. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church and welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him. We've been walking through the letter of James and today we're going to conclude chapter one. James writes in verses 26 and 27, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James sets out three tests of true religion. It first controls the tongue. Second, it cares for the needy in distress. And third, it remains unpolluted from the world. These three tests of religion are going to be what James unfolds for us in the next three chapters. Now, these 
three may seem like random choices, but actually they're not arbitrary. They actually fall out as necessary consequence of verses 17 and 18, which James has actually been developing up to this point. You remember what James wrote then? He wrote in verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change, verse 18, of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. James tells us in the first place that it is of his own will the Father acts as a spontaneous giver of gifts. Second, James tells us that we were birthed, brought to life by the Father's word of truth. And third, we hear the reason is so that we should be a first fruits, a new creation that is different, distinct from our fallen world. Do you see how this corresponds to James' three tests of religion? If the Father is spontaneous in how he cares for the needy, a pure religious person will likewise visit orphans and widows in their affliction. If the Father gives new life by his word of truth, then the truly religious person had better have a rein on their tongue. If the Father has a purpose in making new creations different from the fallen world, then the religion of being newly undefiled leads one to seek to remain unstained from the world. If we were to sum up true religion, like really simply, we could say, like father, like child. Like father, like child. The Father made his children to be like himself. So true religion is a picture of whose we are. As an aside, a lot of folks try to reject religion in favor of relationship. And I get that if we're talking about empty formalism, but that's not true religion. James would not understand a distinction. He sees true religion as revealing our relationship. So the question for us, my friend, is whose are we? If we're children of the Father, whose word is truth and life, we're going to take a bridle out with us each day. You see, our tongues are like untrained beasts, capable of running wild and causing destruction. So before we take off the bridle, perhaps some, after someone said something that causes a rise in us, we're going to look up to our Father, perhaps whisper a prayer, asking Him if what we're about to say will bring life. Will we speak the truth in love? Second, we're going to care for those who our Father's heart is moved towards. When's the last time you visited a nursing home? or stopped by an older neighbor's house, or gave your grandmother a call. Jamie and I, we've been fostering for years, and there's as great a need as ever. And perhaps we're not all able to take in an orphan, but we certainly can provide our time, our resources, and pray for those who were once like we were, orphans in need of mercy, until our Heavenly Father adopted us. Third, we are to live as a people with steel in our spines, as those called out to be separate. Sure, we cannot leave the world, but we also cannot embrace the things that are defiled of this world. Jesus himself prayed that we would remain in the world, but not be of the world or of the evil one. John 17, verses 14 and 15. Actually, this is one of the primary reasons our unbelieving friends and neighbors refuse to give the gospel a hearing. They see our lives don't reflect our testimony. Richard Baxter says, take heed to yourselves lest your example contradict your doctrine, lest you unsay with your lives what you say with your tongues. My friend, if you're listening and you're a skeptic because of what you've seen in the lives of professing Christians, forgive us. 
and keep joining us to hear what James says, what it truly means to hold to the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are a believer, well, rejoice and remember who you are and who you belong to today. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel and welcome again to Happy and Whole in Him, where we're walking through James' letter. Now, before I became a pastor, I worked in a factory with over 100 unique individuals. I mean, with a cast that size, you can imagine a wide variety of characters. And I remember in particular this one fellow I'm simply going to call John Doe. John was a hard worker. And John also had one of the foulest tongues I've ever heard. He loved giving co-workers a hard time and letting us know his opinion about every topic under the sun. And if someone voiced a contrary opinion or tried to counterattack a tongue lashing, John would raise his loud voice and use his quick tongue to overrun his opponent. And most stood about as much chance as Custer. I remember one day John started talking about his court case and the judge that he despised. And suddenly he must have recalled something he heard in his youth and he dropped his work. And with a loud voice he said, Hey, Jesus said judge not or else you'll be judged. If that's right, then that judge is going to hell for judging me, right? I looked over and saw John smiling as he considered this prospect. And then his co-worker said, Beats me. Ask that guy if you want to know what Jesus means by that. And he was pointing right at me. John and I were formally introduced. I briefly explained to John the context of the Sermon on the Mount. Surprisingly, he was silent as he took in all that I had to say. From that day on, John and I were on really friendly terms. John would occasionally come over and ask me a question about God or the Bible or apologize for something he had said, knowing, saying that he didn't know I was in the vicinity. Well, one day I was overhearing some rather foul and typical John talk as I worked, and John saw me, walked over, and said with a big smile, Hey! How is a fellow Christian doing today? I must admit I was a little bit taken aback. I immediately wondered how James would have reacted to John's profession of faith. Would James have given Mr. Doe a warning about the danger of self-deception? James concludes chapter 1 by saying in verses 26 and 27, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. James ends his chapter with what religion is and what it isn't. He begins by telling us what it isn't, warning us once again how easy it is for us to be self-deceived. It is entirely possible to think we're Christians and yet hear on that final day from Jesus the scariest four words you could ever hear. I never knew you. James is saying we need to take stock of what comes out of our mouths because it reveals our spiritual condition. Jesus says the same thing, noting that a tree is recognized by its fruit. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up within him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For your, by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Matthew chapter 12 verses 33 to 37. Jesus is saying that we can know what is in our hearts by the words that come out of our lips. 
I know oftentimes we hear folks blame their mouths on others or on their situations. Paul Tripp gives a wonderful illustration with a bottle of water that he shakes so that water spills out. And then he asks, why did water spill out of the bottle? And our impulse response is to say, well, because the bottle got shaken. But then he puts a different emphasis on the syllable. He says, why did water spill out? Why not coffee? And the answer then because becomes because water was in the bottle. The same is true of our words. When we get knocked around by the world, we discover what is inside us, which makes James' warning a wonderful help. Warnings by nature are a help because they tell us to take note while we still have time, lest we find ourselves unprepared and it's too late. Our character is often first detected in our conversations, long before it's seen in our conduct. If we're saying things unbecoming a child of God, the first thing we need to do is muzzle it. And you can read ahead to chapter 4 if you want to see how we are to deal with our heart condition. But right now we're just going to focus on guarding our mouths so that our claim of religion will not be made in vain. And speaking of religion, I hear a lot of folks say, it's not about religion, it's about relationship. I don't think James would understand this. He doesn't separate the two. Pure religion before our Heavenly Father as His children is seen in how we live out our lives before a watching world. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Until then, remember who you are and who you belong to. Profile America, Wednesday, July 28th. The first savings bank in the United States opened its doors early this month 202 years ago in New York City. Called simply the Bank for Savings, it didn't offer any particular incentives, but it did well that first day in business in 1819 as customers deposited $2,807. In today's money, that would be over $48,000. Even though there were some 300 other banks at the time, the new savings bank was special because it served the average citizen. Today, Americans have a wide field of choices as to where they will keep their money. There are about 90,000 commercial banks, some 72,000 savings banks and savings and loan establishments, and 19,000 credit unions. Aggregate employment at these establishments is over 2 million. You can find more facts about America from the U.S. Census Bureau online at census.gov. This concludes our podcast for today. Stick with us Monday through Friday and download it here through anchor.fm and the Anchor podcast free of charge through your Google Play Store. On behalf of us at SME, have a good one.